0: Y'all come on in, take your shoes off, sit on down. Y'all are listening to In the corner, back by the wood pile. We have love and support each other. We have nothing to lose but our shame. We have nothing to lose but our shame. I'm a spun counter guy. Thanks for stopping by. Back on episode 46, we had on Tennessee State Representative Mike Sparks, who shared with us, among many of his life stories and observations, his plea for humanity to discover and understand their own history. A lot has transpired since his last visit back by the woodpile including his name being maligned through the mud by some in the media and political circles in the state of Tennessee. Mike joins us again to give his side of the story, which, as is the nature of reality, is much more complicated than the powers that be would lead us to believe. Well, it's hard to be mistreated when you ain't done nothing wrong.
1: And really, a lot of times I've learned adversity really is opportunity. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian, I've kind of noticed a trend, a pattern. Where even in the Bible, Moses. Look what happened with Moses. I mean, he, he killed a guy. He's seen oppression. He, he rose up. God used him. David. I mean, David was, you know, my understanding he was ha- hanging out in the in the caves of uh, where, where Goliath's family was from. I mean, you know, hiding out and Saul come against him. And you look at like Gideon was used, and Gideon was the least of all of them. You mm-hmm. know. So I kind of see a pattern as a. Christian. So you Christian. killed a guy. No, I haven't done, done that. No, I haven't had to know that yet. You know what <laughs> I mean? Lord willing, I hadn't. Okay. But you know, I, I do see as a Christian, I do think that the same things that Christians went through years ago, and even believers in the in the Old Testament uh, went through. A lot of times, we go through the same time the same efforts or the same adversity and i don't think we really realize it sometimes you know and so i, I tended to look and think it's like right right now i got a sister's been in a coma i mean i love my sister death. she had a brain tumor she was 29 my sister was on her a game all the time mm-hmm. okay but now going through this you know the insurance company's not paying for mm-hmm. well i'm seeing what's going on well you know what it's doing it's creating pain in my life where i want to fight i want to fight that insurance company and I, I told him the other day i said you don't know me. I said you will know me. I said cuz what you done to my sister?
0: Yeah, so said, this could be an opportunity. Yeah. It,
1: well, it really yeah. and I think you have to change your paradigm mm-hmm. to look and say what is the learning element of this scenario? Mm-hmm. But going back on the on the history, Nathan Bedford Forrest, you know, mm-hmm. they at MTSU, they want to take the name off Forrest Hall. And um, a lot of people have said that MTSU wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Nathan Bedford Forrest, mm-hmm. you know, the raiders, that sort of thing. He re- led the raid on the on the courthouse because the union, they were literally going to hang innocent civilians. One, mm-hmm. I think, was a physician. And, uh, and Forrest freed those guys. Mm-hmm. And I started reading about him, and I read where Nathan Bedford Forrest had 3,000 African Americans attend his funeral.
0: Yeah, and we should
1: and educate folks real quick. And, again, we talked about this quite a bit on the
0: last podcast, but real quick primer. Okay. Nathan Bedford Forrest, he was in the slave trade. He ended up fighting on the side of the Confederacy. And he was in the Ku Klux Klan, one of the original members. Some say he formed but it. But the upper, grand, first Grand
1: wizard. or something. Yeah, something like that. Said, but yeah.
0: uh, nonetheless, he had a change of heart at one point. They said it was a religious conversion. A redemptive story. Yeah, and he ended up disbanding the Ku Klux Klan yeah. and tried to undo, I guess, a lot of things he had done. Yeah. So, and, in fact, there was a
1: famous book called The Redemption of Nathan Bedford yeah, Forrest. Yeah, mm-hmm. there. So, Shane, Shane Castle wrote that. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so... People need to know this story. Mm-hmm. They need to know Nathan Bedford is having three thousand African Americans at his funeral, advocating for blacks, encouraging them to go get an education. So I run a, a proclamation Tennessee's rich history, and I included both them in, in that uh, to try to bring awareness to at least let people know what's going on. Well, the the African American, uh, the Black Caucus um, had a problem with it, and so I went mad. And these them. are folks you've worked with. One thing I did work with them. You know, when they had the little kids at Murfreesboro, the Hobgood Elementary. School kids, you know, they were arrested. It made national news. Little eight and ten year olds that were arrested and handcuffed at school. Because I think they were being charged with assault. They had a little fight that was videotaped. I think a day or a couple days before. I believe the the mother wanted to press charges, so the police, you know, end up arresting them. And um, I didn't think it was handled well, and neither did a lot of the people. And I just, I just thought, you know, that's kind of traumatized those kids, and. I mean, you're doing it at school, you know, handcuffing them. I just thought, you know, maybe go to their house, catch them when they're leaving school. Anyways, I knew something like that is very volatile and it can get out of hand. So I made a few phone calls back in my county to... To law enforcement some, and some pastors to say, look, you know, we really need to start having some discussion. Let's make sure that we keep the peace. We keep the peace on this. I don't want a Ferguson happening in my community. That is an easy primer for something to explode, okay? Mm-hmm. So the, a lot of the pastors, some of them that I called, happened to be up here. And um, uh, the the press secretary for the Democrat Party, he says, Representative Sparks, do you want to come in the, and watch us? We're doing the press conference. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to stay on the press conference and just watch. And, um, and all of a sudden, Representative Brenda Gilmore, she said, Who is the leader of the Black Caucus? She said, Representative Sparks, will you stand with us? Which was really an odd question. I'm a white Republican. You know, I'm pretty constitutional conservative, very, um, you know, to the right of most everybody, I would say, up here. But I do believe in the Constitution, I do believe in civil liberties, okay? Mm-hmm. And I made a quick decision real fast. And I just said, you know, I'll stand with the Black Caucus. I said, but just don't bother the police chief because he was brand new. He'd only been on the job three days. And all of a sudden he's dealing with this chaos. I said, I just don't want you bothering my police chief or my law enforcement. And she's like, Mike, we're not going to do that. So I stood with them. And I remember standing there with them. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Lord, you got a plan. There's got to be something bigger why I'm doing this, why I'm standing here, okay? I was expecting some repercussions from a party, you know, some kind of people just kind of kind of teasing me or something. Not one person kidded me. Not one person teased me. I mean, I had a few compliments. No one gave me a hard time, okay? I do care about civil liberties. You know, I approved it, but I also had a bill that they liked about civil liberties, and it was talking about juvenile justice. And we've had a lot of talk about juvenile justice the past three years, and I got a. Give my party some credit for that. The leader Cass, the Speaker Beth Harwell, and even Democrats, um, uh, Representative Camper and others who, who care about the, the juveniles and care about these young people. We need to care about that. So the next generation will be leading us. And my bill that I had, I didn't get that much support on, it, just said that if you're going to interrogate a juvenile you know, that's been arrested, we need to contact their guardian or an attorney and video the, the interrogation. I mean, that's all we're saying. It was simple, cut and dry. Right. I do think the bill's going to get some momentum, but at the time, it wasn't going to get much momentum.
0: Okay. I would think law enforcement would want that because it protects them.
1: Well, I mean, law enforcement was against it. I know that's a whole t- topic of another mm-hmm. podcast or conversation, but this is the thing about me as a as an effective change maker. That's what I want to be. You know, I want to be an effective Republican, effective conservative, but at the end of the day, I want to change my world for the better, for my two sons, for my wife, my future grandkids. What happened with my resolution I met with the Black Caucus. Okay, I remember this is a year later after I stand with the Black Caucus. And they said, "Mike, and it was um Representative ackbar out of Memphis. At that time she's leader of the Black Caucus. So she says, "Representative Sparks, we know that your motives are sincere." We know your heart is sincere, and 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 this was about
0: Samson Kegel and the yeah, the the
1: the Tennessee's rich history proclamation that I was running. Okay, and so well, technically resolution because resolution. Well, explain what that was real quick. This one right here, it talked about Tennessee's rich history, and what I was trying to show is our state is very diverse in history. We have Ida Wells, we have Davy Crockett, Alvin C. York. I mean, we have a lot of diversity. Bessie Smith, Cordell Hall with the building we're in. I mean, there is a lot of Elvis Presley. We could go on and on. I mean, we're blessed when it comes to history. We're blessed with tourism. We're blessed with these stories of music and jazz and Christian music. I mean, listen, I was trying to bring attention to Tennessee's rich history. So I included both those gentlemen in there to just show Samson Keeble
0: and Nathan Bedford. Beth- yeah, Beth- yeah uh,
1: okay. I knew I was going to catch some flack, but... I at least wanted to get it out there for the discussion. And, you know? and what would this do? It's just, Sorry, just saying that we're, we're recognizing Tennessee's rich history. Okay. That's all it's saying. I so And no legal Yeah, there's no. I mean, it's like I run a fatherless resolution this year. And uh, the cool thing about it is that the two African-American lawmakers, Shaw and Antonio Parkinson, they end up kind of speaking up for me. Madam Speaker, we are witnessing a historic moment in Tennessee. Never did I think I would sign on to a resolution brought by Representative Sparks. I got you, brother. But they spoke up for me on this one. That was a couple months ago. They were the ones who gave me a hard time about the forest resolution. and So they were like, look, we don't want to vote. We don't want to vote on anything that says Nathan about Forrest. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take it out. I'm going to take it out. But I'm going to keep... Samson Keeble. They would have voted for Samson Keeble. But it did mention he was a Republican and a Confederate soldier. And some right. people don't like that. But I, what I'm doing is putting the truth out there. Right. I'm putting the truth out there. Because life is complicated. It is. And truth is complicated. Yeah, and nothing is black and white, no pun well, intended. Well, sometimes um, truth is stranger than fiction. Right. I'm not trying to create controversy to create controversy. But <laughs> boy, you're doing it. <laughs> it is. And so, but I, I like what Dr. King said. We're not makers of history, but we're made by history. And we are made by history. We're shaped by history. So the Nathan is it was dropped. It's it, it's not even there anymore. It's it's dead issue. So I run the um, the resolution or the you know, resolution about Samson Keeble, Who remember who's from my area? It ain't like I'm I'm pulling up somebody out of Memphis to create conflict. This guy's from my community. So what happened? The the resolution goes before the committee. Man, they end up voting voted down. My own party. I couldn't believe it. And uh, one of the lawmakers was giving me a hard time. He said, like, Why do you like you had Nathan Bedford? I said, This has nothing to do with Nathan Bedford Forrest. But what do you think? And I'm like, look, I changed this. I met with the Black Caucus. Mm -hmm. I mean, I tried to be a peacemaker at the time. And so I said, you know, I I had a whole new resolution to try to bring attention to Samson Keeble. And, you know, we were never taught that in school. It was never, ever, ever taught in our school. Don't you think the first black lawmaker that come out of the Smyrna area should be talked about? It's not. I think they purposely censor it because he was Republican, because he was a Confederate soldier. Mm -hmm. I do feel that way. And so I, I reminded him. I said, sir, who's the first Republican to ever stand on the Black Caucus? I said, I stood right here, the same podium. I said, it's the same podium. I stood here with the Black Caucus. Why would I do that? What's my motive? Is it for votes? I mean, is it for campaign contributions? What am I, I mean, who am I really making happy here? I'm, I'm being true to myself. And I said, you know, folks, basically what y'all fall victim to is political correctness. And political correctness, if we're not careful, is really going to hurt our democracy. Because if you keep hearing a false narrative and you're hearing lies from the media and they want to act like every person that grew up in the South was slave owning and and members of the KKK and and we're all a bunch of bigots. I think that's setting a bad precedent for us moving forward. Yeah. When I see the media drilling these kids heads full of hatred, and that's what they're doing. And I see I see all these protesters at TSU. I'm over there, and I had another elected official, Rob Mitchell, came over there. There's about 100 protesters, and I get a chance to say a few words. And I asked the, the young students, I said, um, I said, do y'all know who um, Sam Keeble was? I said, raise your hand if you know who Sam Sikiba was. And I said, y'all know who the first black lawmaker is, do you? Remember, these are African-American kids. College students are graduating, okay? We're producing a product in our state colleges, and we're sending them out in the real world, and they don't know this stuff, okay? I think they should know. And so I said, so none of y'all know who Sam Sakeba was, do you? I said, well, he was just the first black lawmaker. He was a Republican, a Confederate soldier. He was from just a few miles from here, the Smyrna area, the old Jefferson community. Now, one student knew. Okay. Then I asked him, I said, y'all know who John Newton was? They don't know who John Newton was. Well, a lot of people may not know who John Newton was. I said, John Newton wrote the hymn Amazing Grace. John Newton was a slave ship captain, but God used John Newton to help stop slavery. I said, y'all know who William Wilberforce was? None of them knew. This is what's sad that the professor didn't know this stuff. What's he knocking out? 80 grand over there? And he don't know his history. I'm like, right. this is ridiculous. Nobody knew. I said, y'all don't know who it is, do you? I said, he's the one that freed the slaves in Great Britain. He was the lawmaker who fought for years and years to free the slaves. I said, Go to YouTube. Type in the story of William Wilforce, Amazing Grace. Watch the movie. But God used John Newton to help influence William Wilforce to free the slaves. Okay. So none of that's taught in Black History Month. I've watched it. I think it should. And I know it's odd, a white lawmaker Republican talking about you know black history you know but this is where i close well, it out. well i think you know? i can
0: say this i feel like everything gets politicized and and a lot of things you know it's a human tendency that if we get in charge of something we want to sway it one way or another to you know to f- yeah. further an agenda and unfortunately, black history is kind of taught very skewed. It, it is. And it's it, taught to maybe affect things now. The, and the true picture is not, again, not, not black and white. And, it, it's, and not. it's complicated. Well, and, you know, but okay, when, I, when I go I back close out.
1: Yeah, yeah close out. Remember, I'm speaking to all these MTSU students, okay? So I'm closing out. I said, do y'all know who had the most African Americans to attend his own funeral in the state of Tennessee? And uh, they looked at me. They didn't know. I said it was Nathan Bedford Forrest. Yeah. And these With were the, all freed people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they yeah and they attended. Yeah, nobody's forcing them to attend the right. funeral. Right. That's what we need to teach these kids. Not to teach them to be a Democrat. Not to teach them to be a Republican or a liberal or a conservative. Just teach them the truth and to and to do the research on their own.
0: Also, critical thinking. Yeah, crit- oh, question exactly. everything that you're. Yeah, you're, you're so I, I yeah. question
1: my own party up here. So, what was the their
0: reaction to, to you? They
1: were just kind of like, I'm not saying their mouths wide open, but they were just kind of looking like. But nobody shouted you down? No, no, no. Well, I'm, i got to really give them a lot of credit, and I was really proud of those. Because there's students. been some incidences Oh, they were ever. really good. Now, this is what's so cool. And one of the scriptures that, that, I, that I like is 1 Corinthians verse 27. It says, God will use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and the weak to shame the strong. Okay. After I, I said all that, and then Rob spoke a little bit, the main protester at MTSU, a young man named Brandon Woodruff, Good-looking young guy. I hope that's okay to say in this political correct term today. You know, he, he comes walking up to me. Good, you know, handsome young man. He comes up, and he's got two frat brothers with him. He says, Representative Sparks, do you think that's a, why there's William Wilford University? And I said, I- I'm assuming it is. I said, this is why you need to know your history. And he says, you think I can intern with you? Dang. What a crazy question. Uh-huh. You think I can intern with you? And I, I was kind of taken back. like, I mean, is he serious? And I was like, yeah, man, let, let me call and check what we can do and that sort of thing. And I, and I did ask a few people about him. Somebody really complimented me. They said, you know, I think Brandon's very sincere. I think the thing with Brandon, they said, I don't think he's really had that many positive male role models in his life. And let's just be blunt about it. A lot of African-Americans don't have a father figure in their life. Statistically, it's really a lot. Yeah, and that shouldn't offend anybody. That's the truth. Yeah. Now, somebody will probably get offended. It's 70%. But even the white community, it may be as high as as 40, 50%. -hmm. But what happened with Brandon, he kind of hung out with me a little bit. I said, come on, I'm going to teach you some things about black history. He was really open to things. We got along great. And um, Brandon wanted to help me on my campaign. But I didn't want Brandon to get crossways with his fraternity or with his African-American friends. Because my opponent was African-American. Brandon Thomas was my opponent. Brandon Woodruff was the protester. Okay, Brandon Thomas, my Democrat opponent, is a nice guy, too. Good young gentleman. Okay, And so... I didn't really want to get him involved in my campaign. I just didn't want to get him mixed up or anything. It could be trouble for him, not trouble for me. Oh, I mean, It would help me. It would probably pick me up two or three percentage points if I've got an African-American opponent and I've got an African-American support me. But I didn't do that. I, did, I chose not to do that. In fact, I didn't have anybody helping me. I just uh, run my own campaign. I never paid for a mailer, and I won by almost 80%. Dang. Okay. Well, what's so cool is that young man is running for office in Chattanooga right now as we speak. That young man, in my opinion... He, he is sharp. He had enough discernment now, and that's the key word, discernment, to come and talk to me and intern with me.
0: So, in the newspapers, I, and I assume maybe on the TV. Oh, Tennessee.
1: Channel 4 was the worst. Yeah, so we'll talk about some of the things they said about you. Well, what they did, we have a thing called a... Um, Consent calendar. Well, we recognize people's, um, you know, you recognize a Stewart's Creek um, Eagles basketball team. You recognize Riverdale Warriors football team. Or you recognize somebody's 50th anniversary. That's what a consent calendar is for. Well, I want to recognize the author. He wrote a book about Nathan Bedford's, and it's called Nathan Bedford's Redemption. Mm-hmm. Okay. Honoring Shane Cassler. It was not honor Nathan Bedford's honoring the author, which I have the right to do under the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. He wrote the book. Well, I put on the consent calendar. I had 25 co-sponsors.
0: Because your angle was he's eliminating Tennessee history, he's, and it's unknown, generally. Well,
1: the media created fake news. They're acting like I hoodwinked the Black Caucus. Well, the Black Caucus voted on Shane Casler. They didn't vote on Nathan Bette Forrest. They voted on Shane Cassler. He's, a, he's an author, a Christian pastor who wrote a book, A Redemptive Story. So the media really stirred a pot and interviewing them and they're like, well, we didn't know. We didn't know, you know, and they may not have known, you know, in all fairness to them. But she says she would never in a million years vote to pass a resolution honoring the former Klansman and slave owner. But that resolution passed unanimously, 94 to zero. Why? Because many say they were tricked. It was slipped into the consent calendar by this man, Representative Mike Sparks. Oh, it was deceitful to the whole body. Nobody in here knew of his intent. He had bypassed the process. You see, earlier this year, Sparks introduced a resolution to honor Nathan Bedford Forrest. It didn't pass. So two weeks ago, he tried again. This new resolution looks strikingly like the first. But this time, he put it under a different name. Shane Kastler, who wrote a book about... I can't begin to describe, I I can't believe that anybody uh, would do something that underhanded when he knew how we felt. The media's, you know, Beat me up trying to paint me as a bigot. A couple of days later, my friend Frank Caperton, the president of the Historical Society, said, Hey, why don't you come out here and hang out with the African American Heritage Society of Rutherford County? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I go to Ebenezer Baptist Church where we started out, right there on Nashville Highway, by the mini storage place that people know the little orange buildings and down by the battlefield. So I'm there. Well, I'm sitting on the back row of this little black church, kinda of listening to, like a little sermon, there, a little talk. And this this lady, she don't like me to give her name because Mary Watkins, the president, has told me she don't like because, you know, she's a really meek lady. And she, she don't want to stir up any controversy. And this is not controversial. It's the truth. So I said, madam where'd you go to school at? She said, I went to school at Milton. I said, really? I said, uh, what school bus do you ride? And I asked that question for a reason because I wanted to get the truth. Mm-hmm. And the lady tells me, she said, um, I didn't ride no school bus. She said, I walked eight miles to school every day. And she said, "Um, but the school bus driver would come pick us up if it was snow and it was raining, it was cold. She said, he must have been a Christian. And that stuck with me. And I was like, he must have been a Christian. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm at the, the back of the church getting something to eat. That little biscuit with Pastor Jerry Whedon. Edith uh, Moore, she comes walking in and um, she says, are you representing Mike Sparks? I'm like, uh-oh. She, says, uh, she said, boy, they're wearing you out in the media, man. Memphis is just wearing you out. I just, li- She lives in Memphis. But, see, she grew up next door, so she knows some of her history. She said, well, let me tell you something. She said, that lawmaker giving you a hard time out of Memphis, he ain't done nothing for nobody. I'm just telling you what she told me. Mm-hmm. She said, can I get a picture with you? And she took a selfie of her and me and gave me a hug, <laughs> and she puts it on Facebook. He sees it uh-huh. in Memphis. Right after that, we walk up to the sign. They just made the sign of the old field stone. And they're singing hymns and that sort of thing. And then they sang Amazing Grace. Well, Dr. George Smith, who sadly just passed away, he was a trailblazer in the black community, okay? So he looks at me. Remember, he knows I'm in the media. He knows they're beating up on me. Right after they sang Amazing Grace, he looks at me and says, Rep. Sparks, you say a word or two. I said, yes, sir. I said, that hymn was written by a slave ship captain who helped to free the slaves. I said, people didn't know their history. About an hour later, I'm at the battlefield, Stonesburg Battlefield. Well, I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting with um, Diane Patterson, some other people that I know from Smyrna, and Mary Watkins is up speaking. And she looked down at me, and she said, you know, if it wasn't for Representative Sparks, we would not have known who the first black lawmaker was. Then she says, maybe if people knew their history, we wouldn't have the problems in our society like we do today. And I thought, wow. It, it's kind of a sign. It's kind of pointing in the, the, the narrative I'm trying to go to just teach history to these kids and tell them, no, there's another side of the story. Well, I end up having an idea, which I think kind of a smart idea, to honor the African American Heritage Society a few days later. Well, I put it on the consent calendar. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody's looking at me, and I remember I remember Jeremy Faison, who's a great guy out of Cock County. Jeremy's looking over at me, and he's about 30 feet away, like, oh my God, what is Mike doing now? Mike's creating more controversy. I'm just talking about the truth. And they're all like, oh my God, and everybody's thinking there's gonna be fireworks, gonna be mm-hmm. fist fights, or something. And so G. A. Hardaway, who and, and I like GA and 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 he likes me, and he may not want to admit it, but he does. And um, and he he bumps it off the counter. I mean, he's got a problem with it. So it gets bumped off, which is kind of rare, you know. But this is where adversity was opportunity. I had to go forward at the uh, podium, what they call the well, and I said, folks, this is not controversial And I said Edmund Burke said, those who don't know their history are destined to repeat it. Some folks credit that, that quote to George is its Santiago, I think it is. Either way, both of them had said something to that extent. And I said, let me tell you what this lady told me and I'm about to sit in the back of that pew, that, that church and she says, She said, I walked eight miles to school. Mm -hmm. She said, the school bus driver must have been a Christian. I said, we don't need to repeat history, but we need to learn from history, Mm -hmm. just like Dr. King. We're not makers of history, but we're made by history. So what happened, I run the proclamation, talk about her story. I, and along with Dr. Brian Terry, Commissioner Alan McAdoo, uh, who's African-American, Republican, um, been on the county commission 26 years, and along with Tim Rudd, showed up to to carry the um, the resolution there along. We present to Mary Watkins, the president. You see the picture there. Mm-hmm. And the gentleman in the blue, he was a Civil War reenactor. Mm-hmm. That's Dr. George Smith. He's the one that recently passed. He was the first African-American to be allowed doctor privileges at Murfreesboro, mm-hmm. the hospital. This is where the political correctness gets bad. I asked an African-American leader to carry the resolution and put it on the calendar. But she do not carry it. So Brian Terry, Dr. Brian Terry, carried it for me, which was fitting because Dr. Brian Terry is a physician and, and he's often over there at the hospital. So it, it, there was some correlation with it. And he also knew Dr. Smith. But, um, but even throughout all that hardship, really this has been an opportunity. And I will do it all over again. You know, I'm gonna continue my efforts um, to, to bring attention to whether it's Samson Keeble, to the positive aspects. And we all have a redemptive story in our life. After it was all said and done. Had the bridges been mended? Oh yeah, yeah. They. I mean, somebody may vote against you in a committee against a bill, but then they they like your next bill. Um, the African American um, lawmaker Antonio Parkinson he had a bill in committee, and nobody wanted to give him a second. No Republican wanted to give him a second. I thought it was a good bill, and it was dealing with smart meters. You know, they cut your electric meter off if you don't pay your bill. And I I, I wanted the discussion. I think the First Amendment, especially. Man, that is the basis of our democracy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Second Amendment is, is, is equally important, but if you don't have the First Amendment, to talk about the Second Amendment. I mean, we're seriously going down a, a slippery slope. And anyways, I wanted people to talk, say, hey, if this is a bad bill, come up, talk about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody would talk about it. But what happened, I run my fatherless resolution to try to bring awareness to the fatherless. He spoke up for me. <laughs>
0: If you'd like to learn more about Mike Sparks or send him some hate mail, you can find him at www.voteMikeSparks.com. In the corner, back by the woodpile, is produced by a closet, a pocket, and a suitcase. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for Spun Counter Guy. You can send us an email via Spun Counter Guy at hotmail.com. The podcast is also hosted on iTunes and podbean.com. Peace and and grease.
1: We're well, nice for jumps. Yes, jumps all night long. I'd rather be in Nashville than to be
0: back there at home.